Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Animators Breakfast, which is a podcast where we talk about inspiration with people who work in the animation industry. Um, and today I've got a real treat. Uh, he might not think so, <laughs> but I've got Evan McNamara here who has been working in the animation industry for decade. a decade. Really? Yeah, well, more like 13 years now. Now, is this true, Evan? Did you, you design the logo for the Animation Ireland, the awards, didn't you? I didn't do the logo, but um, so Animation Ireland are a producer-led organization yeah. that helps to field uh, Irish projects at overseas kind of yeah. pitch fests and this kind of thing. So yeah. it's a kind of representative kind of agency almost. Mm-hmm. But I was approached by um, Animation Ireland as part of their inaugural um like I can't even remember how they how they phrased the first one, but it's basically in Dingle they were hoping to kick off a yes. industry uh, awards yeah. uh, system. Yeah. So that was something that we necessarily didn't have in Ireland. There was like film festivals that recognize yeah. films or um say sometimes a TV series mm-hmm. or, or writing, let's say, and directing. Yeah. But not necessarily art direction. Um, animation specific things like actual animation like yeah, best yeah. animated scene um, yeah so they approached me to design the trophy the for trophy, the award show itself yeah and um, you unabashedly put in your love for dogs the, the logo was already <laughs> it a dog, was already so, a dog yeah. yeah so it just felt natural well it was kind of a, th- a little thing I'd been working on before as well just as like a little pet project I was doing like illustration um, no pun intended well, it's <laughs> hard to avoid them really yeah um, but I was doing a little uh, animated loop um, yeah. that I was going to build as a thaumatrope yeah, yeah. or yeah. a phenakistoscope. Yeah. Um, wow. So it, the more drawings you get, the more complicated it gets. So it ended up being a phenakistoscope, <laughs> okay. which is what the awards uh, trophy ended up being as yeah. well. So it was like a, a disc that you'd spin and it had a little viewfinder that you'd... See the if, dog if you syncopate your, your, <laughs> your eye blinks in time, normally they'd have a strobe for those kind of things. Okay, but, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I did. That was like 2014. Wow, I think that that was. It's it's mad how recent it is, isn't it? And like how long ago? Yeah, it is yeah, and also at the same <laughs> yeah. time, at the exact same time. How how close yet so far? Yeah, and and just at this year's animation awards, like Irish animation awards, we brought home. I think it was three awards. Yeah, I think yeah. so. How, how does it feel seeing your your babies come back? Essentially, oh, it was nice. Yeah, one of them has my name with it, and another <laughs> one. Well, like one of them, we won for best company uh, with Paper Panther, yes. uh, which I founded with Carol Freeman and Patrick Fagan. Mm-hmm. So then Carol won one for, for Bird and Whale, Bird and Whale yeah. as well, and we won one for best animation in Bird and Whale, and then we also won one for best newcomer. As a company. Well, yeah. But I hadn't heard of Paper Panther up until I'd say about maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I don't know how long you guys have been around, but I'm so fascinated by the second I heard about you guys and I saw your work, I was just blown away by the creativity involved. Um, and I, I remember when I was reading on your website ages ago, I think it said something like an animescence that you're trying to bring this, you know, these old forms of creativity back with digital tools. Well, maybe you know? one reason why you maybe hadn't heard of us is we're a bit backwards. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much of an animation renaissance it is, but more, um, <laughs> but more that we don't have, say, the, the budgets to work at mm-hmm. the full scale to compete with yeah. studios like Brown Bag or mm. or Boulder or you know, those, yeah. those ones that are now like 100 plus employees. Huge, um, yeah. 
And they're largely following pipelines developed mm-hmm. in the States. Yeah. Like yeah. Boulder. Well, they're they're getting to more 3D stuff um, and brown bag or more 3D mm-hmm. in general. But largely, they'd all been piloted via like American or Canadian really yeah, yeah. Uh, production methods. Yeah. Um, Nine story and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even like... Uh, like there's a couple of like Vancouver based operations like Mercury Filmworks um that have a very kind of regimental uh what would you call it like a like 2D system of production yeah. that's it's very like bang 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 and they really got it down to a fine art which helps keep budgets down make sure they can do things of course but it's very like cost sensible mm-hmm. um alternatively with the way we do things <laughs> Um, like our projects are kind of narratively traditional, yes, but experimental and luck in in technique. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, when it actually came to making on Gardov, we incorporated all the things we, the park maybe wanted to do with Rooster, mm-hmm. but we couldn't physically. Yeah, um, I think it's the only way to learn as well. Like each iteration is kind of you've constantly improved your craft, and yeah. if if you if you're not bringing that forward with you. Then have you reached the kind of a peak of where you are, yeah, or are you still the learning? Old plateau, the yeah, famous plateau. Yeah, the famous like plateau. There's the, the one thing to consider is that we're kind of with each project, we kind of will stretch things a little bit more, and we'll try things that we haven't tried before. Yeah, we did a Dulux ad a few years back. Yeah, uh, Carol, a really beautiful ad. Thanks. Really, yeah, really, really. Carol nice. really sweated yeah. over it for yeah. many, many weeks. Yeah. Uh, but we got in for that uh, just because of time constraints and I was already committed to another project. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd largely be the person to do the technical stuff or yeah. at least to figure out the technical stuff. <laughs> okay. uh, so I really only had time to do like uh, kind of producing mm-hmm. jobs on that in terms of sourcing pa- parts, labor mm-hmm. and making sure things are kind of available like yeah. there's a shooting space and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of tricky to to quantify how long stuff will take mm-hmm. but when you're just under pressure you just have to throw so many people at things um, it's not very efficient you know in terms of uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just visualising people being thrown against puppets yeah and... we had like 20 people working on that wow um, but it, it looks so good though um, we're here to talk about something that you popped up uh, a show that inspired you and I'm going to imagine I'm pronouncing this wrong but I think it's Poich de Pane Push the pane. Yeah. Push the pane. Uh, I have the full name here that I yeah, always forget. Budemi Sihrat. Budemi Sihrat. Hey, Mr. Let's Play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, Hey, Mr. Let's Play. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit about it there. Uh, so uh, it was based on a short film called Patkali Seuklina, which is wow, how but, we met yeah. in, in, in Cologne. Yeah. Um, it was made by Breslav Poyer, who's a Czech um, yeah. animator, writer, director. Uh, he also worked in education a mm-hmm. lot as well. But he got started with Yuri Trinka, yeah, um, who's like this behemoth in. Um, yeah. They call him the Disney of of the, of the of, Czech Republic, yeah, of the yeah. Czech Republic, yeah, uh, or Czechoslovakia as it was then. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and it was like Praha films or uh, Prague films mm-hmm. was was on Trinka films alternatively, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he got started working with. Um, Trinka and the, the interesting thing about Trinka is he's best known for his stop motion work but he also yeah. worked in 2D he, he worked in basically anything that was going um, um, yeah. and Breslav work kind of reflects that too so he did um, he did a really interesting film on um, it's like the um, perception um, called E okay and yeah. it's um, it's almost like a, a film about propaganda mm-hmm. um, there was lots of problems that Trinka and Breslav yeah. had with like Soviet control yes of course yeah. and um the Czech Republic and like Czechoslovakia was seen as a little bit of a, a vassal state. Yeah. So they did not have the same level of freedoms, let's say, mm-hmm. that 
the um, the Yuri Norsteins or mm, yeah. like Tataskis would have had in, yeah. in Russia. Um, even though that was largely because they were dismissed. Yeah, but yeah. In, in, in the <laughs> Czechoslovakia, they were seen as like dissidents yeah. for making animation. Like which the, is crazy because there's such an incredible school that came out of yeah the. Czech Slovakia, I was going to say Czech Republic, yeah. but just all their work, people like obviously Bratislav Poyar, you know, Jan Svankmajer, mm. all their kind of work is really, really beautiful and so intricate as well, but always with a little bit of cynicism in there, you know. Yeah, I mean, Svankmajer very much like cynical. Yeah. Uh, Trinka, I think he had, um, he had a great love for stories. Yes, yeah. But... He was very bitter as well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. So there was yeah. kind of a mixture of warmth, of, uh, yeah. and like Bratislav, he um, he was just such like his stuff is just really nice and playful. Mm. Yes, and even yeah. when it's more say serious in tone, mm-hmm. um, there was a sense of like life in his work. Yeah, um, and kind of it was more maybe like he was a bit more sardonic than cynical. Okay, if yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. yeah, But it, it, with uh, Hey Mister, let's play. Let's play. Yeah. Um, it was like 1965, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Well, he had worked in, with, with puppet films with Yuri Trinka. Yeah. And he'd done some 2D projects as well. Yeah. Uh, cell animation and like cut out on paper yeah, yeah. Uh, projects. But this was an interesting kind of genesis of working in puppet and working in cutout as well as 2D. Yeah. Because he had learned how to animate on paper. Yeah. He knew about plasticity of form and expressions of design as well. Yeah. Um, that if someone was just, say, a puppet animator or puppet film director, um, there's a tendency for the characters to look more like dolls. Yeah. Than, say, um, designed yeah. characters yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. just because they're, they're too conscious of the um, the space is it is well, that what you mean like the, the, the kind of 3D space a little yeah. bit but also the methods of production okay so yeah. they know that oh it has to be done like this because yeah. this is the way they're you know it's done in puppet mm. film uh, while Bratislav he worked a little bit more freely um, and allowed him to be a bit clever with things as well Yeah. so hey mister let's play Used and incorporated elements of mm. things he'd learned in puppet design mm-hmm. and like puppet animation and mm. direction, along with 2D and cutout elements. Yeah. So there's a really tactile sense of the characters, and as they work through the world, mm-hmm. there's a sense of space that you get yeah. with like puppet world. Yeah. Kind of uh, art direction and stuff, but there's also a sense of like the characters themselves literally transform. Yes, through the whole lot. thing. Yeah, uh, into it's everything. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> trains, clocks. Yeah, uh, camels, horses, cars, boats. They just go for it. Yeah, but there's like there's a certain sense of um, mystery, I guess, that you get with more cutout styled projects where yeah. you're leaving a little bit up to the imagination of the audience. Yeah, while in stop motion and like puppet animation you have to be a bit more explicit because otherwise the camera doesn't work or yeah. you know in terms of the actual world falls apart yeah. a little bit yeah well the the methods of doing a cutout film is that it's all like hanging by a string anyways yeah and as soon as you drift the camera left or right yeah it all just stops making sense <laughs> um so i think he kind of incorporated that a little bit into yeah. his visual style as well um and the, but the characterization then is still really solid, mm. um, and he's quite clever as well because like I've, I have a book, um, actually probably, probably should have brought it in. But <laughs> Thank I have, you. I yeah. have a little booklet uh, that I got in in Ansi in, in France years back. Yeah. Um, I, like I don't even know how many editions were printed, but it's just like the small little limited wow. edition thing, and it has photographs of the puppets from Paris de Pana. Yeah. And they're like that size. They're huge. Wow. You would never yeah. think like it was just. 
By the way, I'm going to give a reference. Imagine yeah. like a, a a water bottle in length because yeah. you, they can't Sorry, see. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is a visual medium, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like they were like yeah. about a. 18 inches or so tall wow. but yeah. bearing in mind their proportions are much chunkier than like like the uh, you know the corpse bride or yeah. like the Nightmare Before Christmas puppets which are all legs yeah. or arms or arms yeah. um, so these are just big juicy puppets that are made of like soft felt I love your description of things delicious <laughs> juicy <Yeah. laughs> I'm just very hungry right now <laughs> but um, yeah so the, there was a nice thing that they could do because of the way they've constructed the puppets. They're kind of segmented. Yeah. Um, but they are designed in such a way that the segments just overlap. Yeah. They're not worried too much about hiding the seams. Mm-hmm. But the puppets' arms themselves are substituted a little bit. Yeah. But mostly they're just made of a flexible uh, material wrapped in uh, like fabric. Yeah. So it's probably a mixture of like, it could be like balled up tinfoil and okay. with some wire or it yeah. could be anything really at all yeah. that was lying around in the Soviet workshop <laughs> in the 60s. <laughs> uh, plutonium or <laughs> depleted uranium, <laughs> which is very brittle actually. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you've worked with it before. <laughs> uh, that's the one thing about stop motion. Like the ingredients are often a little bit more like toxic. Radioactive. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the hazards of the trade. Um, but there was another thing they did as well whereby the features of the head mm-hmm. so you had this big ball shape for the head yes which um, and the two characters are very similar but they're different proportions mm-hmm. and they're you can car- tell them apart very easily the, yeah. the characterization does yeah. that an awful lot yeah. um, it's often like a um, you can see in in some animations when they've really fallen by the, la- the by the wayside in terms of characterization yeah. if they're already self-limiting by mm-hmm. the sense the characters all look alike but yeah. then they all behave the same as well. Yeah. When really watch, they use uh, for the two characters in Porsche Tapana, they they use their similarities to offset how be- differently they behave in terms yes. of their visual similarities. Um, like you have a lot in in like um, some of the less considered like anime where they more or less are all very similar, very only they same. have different haircuts. Yeah, yeah, so different the, color as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean maybe the the. The voice direction is different in terms of the the actors yeah. that are providing the voice, but largely they move all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the characterization of the movement and also the the voice acting is quite different in both yeah. the and it's it's much more cartoonish and broad as well. So yeah. it helps. And I've got to say, even because looking at his other work, Bratislav Poyar's like other work, the way his I was going to say creatures, the way yeah. his characters move is just it's so imbued with life that you just can't help but immediately. Uh, empathize with them I, d- I don't know what it is I saw I can't remember I think it's called a drop too much in, oh, in English oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, P- a PSA on drinking too much yeah. yeah but it's so like you just like the puppet's expressions don't change yeah but it's so expressive the whole way through and it's quite theatrical as well as, yeah. as a film I mean there's one thing that uh, Trinka from his school of like design like yeah. he trinket did beautiful illustrations for books um, I have like a folder a bunch of, with a bunch of his illustrations yeah. thanks for bringing that as well <laughs> it's a, well it's a digital folder <laughs> um, yeah. we're not quite in the dark ages <laughs> yeah. um, but also his stuff is really expensive if you're trying to buy really any original like oh, any, any, even, even any like original children's books that he illustrated they're all so expensive really yeah um, he had a real nice way of approaching puppet design yeah um, in terms of where he's his 3D puppets like the Czech fairy tales series yeah, yeah. he did where he knew that they wouldn't have the resources to do lots of like head substitutions um, like say the George Powell side of things um, who did a lot of very problematic 
uh, racist stereotype <laughs> cartoons in America before he went on to do like yeah. the amazing Tom Tom mm-hmm. and worked more in special effects. Yeah. But uh, Trinka, he he approached it more with a really sense of strong design. He yeah. knew that, say, if he had a neutral expression on, on yeah. the puppet straight on, and because of the roundness of the face, yeah. you tilt that down, the puppet's smiling, you tilt it up, the, the puppet's frowning. Yeah. So just with that minimum amount of articulation of the head, you can kind of imply at least a yeah. level of uh, emotional shift and transition. Yeah. yeah. Um. So definitely Brett Zalab would have picked up all these yeah, stuff. Yeah, He was like a big sponge. Um, <laughs> and animated them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then animated them. Yeah. Yeah, the, like the characters themselves are very spongy, but yeah. he had a little bit more flexibility with uh, with the Posh Panda stuff because yeah. it was um, it was flat. It was on glass. Mm-hmm. He shot it. Yeah. Um, the characters themselves were just lying flat so they could jump up and down really easily. He didn't have yeah. to worry about like getting rid of wires or trying to shoot with like fishing line. Yeah. Because traditionally um, the whole wire removal and wire rig removal thing that's a very modern like fallacy (laughs) Uh, previously they just didn't have a choice they just either left it in or tried to photograph it as much as they can (laughs) to uh, to make it invisible yeah Um, because they were shooting on film Um, fishing wire translucence exactly so shooting on glass it meant he didn't have to worry about that the characters could move around they could jump about he didn't have to worry about the characters um, having to physically stand up and hold their own weight. Yeah. Um, so for that part, you could have like lots of parts you could swap in and out. Yeah. So um, he had muzzles that were different. Yeah. But the head would be the same. Yeah. And it was literally just, he would, he had some pins mm-hmm. from the muzzle that he would just stick into this yeah round felt kind of hemisphere yeah. um, <laughs> and so yeah. by that you could yeah. have the, uh, the muzzle position say in the front middle and it would look like the puppet's facing forward but then you could also have like a a slice through version of the the muzzle where it was stuck on the side and it would look like the puppet was facing left or right Um, and by that capacity he could have really fine tuned control on like head turns and he could be very Uh um, very sophisticated if he needed to be or he could also use it for uh, transformations yeah uh, like with the train transformation yeah. it's like I think it's the first thing that happens in, yeah. <laughs> in Bosch the Panda yeah. but it was a really nice and interesting mix of things being animated in a more fluid way mm-hmm. than really you'd be used to seeing I mean you'd have maybe a little bit of if you would have seen like the like Sledgehammer music video that yes, Armin did yeah. or some of Armin's earlier stuff mm-hmm. where there's a bit more kind of morphing or experimental yeah. quality yeah before like the, not that they're visually conservative but just the types of films Mm -hmm. that they tell are kind of they're traditional films and often the uh, the more experimental or um, fluid uh, visuals don't really match up with the world they're making because they're kind of making this twee kind of world that's a little bit kind of stiff and upper you know um, stiff upper lip kind of thing (laughs) Um, but it was kind of very eye-opening when I first saw that. Um, and and around the same time, I saw um, the Polish production of The Movements. Yes, yeah. From, yeah. I think that was 73? It's 77 to 82. Yeah, 77 to 82. Yeah. You're dead right. Yeah. Um, and that was produced by Semaphore and mm-hmm. Jupiter Films. Yeah. Um, and they utilize kind of similar methods. Mm-hmm. Um, only... The stories make a bit more sense, if that if you know what I mean. Like <laughs> yeah. in terms of like the Porch the Panda stuff is literally It's just sheer fantasy. Yeah. There's like a compilation of them and mm. I think there's like twelve 
So there's two seasons. Yeah, there's uh, like six per six, and then five. Um, and the first six were done between 1965 to yeah. 67, I think. Yeah. And then he returned to them after I think he did, went and because he was always working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just constantly. He did, he did productions with the National Film Board of Canada as well. Yeah, and which is a really good resource actually to see a lot of his his later work. If anyone wants to do, check it out. The National Film Board uh, of Canada stuff. Like they actually have a lot of his work still there. And it, I think he won. He won the first uh, Grand Prix in Annecy. Yeah, with the yeah. light of the song. Yeah, which um, is again, it's gorgeous. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and it's really simple, kind of parable kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it is very parable, isn't it? No yeah. dialogue at all, but it's just so imbued with life. And that's something because you know the scene where it's just kind of across the sand dunes, the camera tracks, yeah. and then the the guy with the accordion appears. He just walks in, yeah. Yeah, but there's so much life in how he's walking and how he's mm. carrying himself. That's And that was early enough in Bratislav's um, solo was, career. I think that was like 65 or something. Was like that. it, yeah. 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 It's something very early. Yeah. Um, but you can just still feel that life. Then it's funny, you were talking about perspective there. Yeah. In Pane, And I've got to say, I remember they're playing pool. Yeah. But the pool table is just so crazily it's in perspective. It's a big flop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like one edge, you can see the back end of the table perfectly to see where the ball is going to go. And the front is like our perspective of how we think we'd see the table. But it's just, it's balanced so well against the yeah. kind of flat plane. Um, it's just, again, it's so beautiful. It is really, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I was so happy to see it because I'd not seen it. I'd seen some of his work before, but, okay. but not Podge de Pane, you know. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of a strange beast because it's yeah. like, he did another one um, kind of in a similar technique, yeah. but visually quite different. Um, oh, it was called like The Elephant... Um, no, but it yeah. basically had like it was about like these kids that went on a little kind of adventure, yeah. and so it was a little bit of a similar um, tone from the beginning in terms yeah. of um, it's an adventure or yeah. it's kind of this flight of fancy. Yeah. Um, but the characters themselves are all hard, so they're not like soft. Okay. Um, yeah. And they're not super pliable, but then they more or less have bendy arms <laughs> with you know yeah. partially, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> articulated um, yeah. bodies and stuff yeah. like that. But it's still like flat on glass. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit more like there's a bit less left to the imagination as such. Okay, yeah. But it's still really nice production design. Yeah. But it's just not maybe not as charming or yeah. not, as, not as crazy so, as Punch the Panda. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy and charming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, it really, really is. I had a point there, but I've forgotten it now. Punch the Panda is actually about it's two bears essentially. Yeah. Um, just living their life like one's kind of a bit taller bit bit smarter more bit of a, a jerk bit of a jerk yeah, I was yeah. going to say and one's just small and sweet and and it really exemplifies and you know that episode where they he catches a fish and the other one tricks him into thinking it's a princess he's yeah, caught yeah. just so he can get the, the fish so he can eat it yeah. and it's just amazing the, the kind of transformations they do it like turns him into a knight and the bigger bear turns into a horse then and they go attack a castle full of dogs like it, like where does this come but, from but even know? within the the series themselves mm. they did like some some straight kind of weird things like with yeah. you know the the bit, I think it's a there's a bit of, I think it's the, I think it's Patricia Ocalina where they um they do a little kind of story within it where a guy hunts a bear and then he uh he makes a bearskin rug oh yeah because yeah um, and because he's warning them against yeah, them, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, because unfortunately, I can't understand Czech. You know, yeah, it's yeah. all the narrations in in Czech, and it's supposed to be really witty as well. Yeah, I wish very, I could. It sounds very sharp. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I fully believe. Yeah, but I, I just don't understand it. But I love the idea that they communicate 
with each other through two-dimensional animation. That's like how they show their thoughts and ideas um, and the bearskin rug and then the bear gets out of control so they have to draw more and more things like a guy with a gun doesn't work. So yeah, to get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> so they put him in a car to get rid of him and just these flights of fancy or when they go to hibernate and then they wake up and they share each other their dreams through they turn into a projector yeah, yeah. and basically film their dreams <laughs> and then they have an argument like to get married and they have an argument over who would be the groom. You know? But then it turns out they both have partners anyways yeah, yeah. and then they have kids and they just have to do the laundry themselves. It's just so and that could be within five minutes. Yep. You know? <laughs> very, very quickly. It's just so condensed but yeah. so beautiful and, and I can see where that's where the charm is because you just kind of let go. I think uh, a film critic said that I can't remember which one. Actually, I have her name here. Katerina, I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> Bosova or something. Yeah. She said that um, he speaks the same language to children and adults. And that's kind of where success comes in. There's no double talk like exactly. you would have with, say, Shrek. Yeah, or SpongeBob <laughs> or something like that, you know. And it's it's really self-evident mm. because it's just so charming and, and like you said, crazy. Uh, there's an animation historian John Alberto Bendazzi, do you know? Did you ever hear of no. He wrote a world history on animation. I find him so useful because <laughs> yeah, yeah. even when you mentioned Bratislava, I just say, yeah, yeah. Mm, check uh, animation. And he actually called Bratislava one of the greatest animators of all time. Yeah. So you can kind of see how good this guy is at, at portraying emotion essentially on, on screen because yeah. that's what storytelling is to me anyways, you know. But also I like... One thing about yeah. Breslau is he didn't feel limited by the methods of production either. Awesome. Because yeah. he jumped around between whatever style would work. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's like... It's very hard to catalogue as a kind of, auteur. Yeah. It's like, what's his style? Oh, well, yeah. Everything, you know. <laughs> but it's... Because um, you often get it with, say, a lot of directors that the style becomes a crutch. Yes, yeah. Like Wes Anderson very much, yeah, I think, at the yeah. moment. He's very restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um and like I've I've talked to like a few of the people that, that have worked with them yeah. and just even seeing interviews online and stuff like that. And it's very much like he is just trying to represent what he sees. Yes. Rather than it being like a collaboration. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially with him maybe not being an animator. Yeah. As well. Um, that you would you would think he would be a bit more open to animators bringing something to the yeah. table. Yeah. But largely he's restricting them. And yes. Like in, in a feature film you don't really have that capacity to yeah. like micromanage people's performances to yes. the yeah, same. Yeah, like yeah. when it takes them like a week to do a five second scene, yeah. you can really like needlepoint going, <laughs> no, at 22 <laughs> frames, they need to be hitting this yeah, back now. Yeah, yeah. Versus in um, in the live action film where you have yeah. like Owen Wilson standing there and he's only available <laughs> for like three or four hours before he has to, sh- he has to shoot out yeah. somewhere else. And say, wow, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. just wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like some some directors, they work when limitations are put upon them because mm-hmm. um, they can maybe lean towards a certain. Uh, I mean, I don't throw around the phrase megalomania too much, <laughs> but in terms of uh, in terms of it being like a uh, an egocentric approach to yes. production, yeah, like the whole auteur thing is it's a problematic expression of yes. how actual films are made. Yes, um, and I think Breslav, from everything I've read about him. He always worked with people mm-hmm. and he'd bring in screenwriters to work with him. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a certain amount of like collaboration that you see in his work that, that he he was a little bit informed by who he's working with. Yeah. So that they would bring a certain amount and that would lead to what the style of the film was. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's one reason why his films mm. were quite interesting and different looking. That's actually a good point because you can see that malleability on every level then. Yeah. Um, even not just in the characters changing shape, but obviously his movies or his shorts changing shape every time. I think Sergei Eisenstein said it about Disney, that he was so fascinated by how back in the day all like the the characters were just so elastic. Like yeah. you can see it in the early Disney shorts, how their limbs move and they morph exactly, into different yeah. things. There's that 4-4 four, four rhythm where they're yeah. all hidden. Yeah, but even like the Fleischer Brothers, early stuff with Coco the Clown and how, you know, he changed form a lot or even Felix the Cat and stuff like that. And it's kind of an art that's really been lost, I think anyways. Well, in the mainstream, perhaps, we still yeah. have Transformers. <laughs> you know, Michael Bay keeping <laughs> that alive, keeping that yeah, arse going. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his cotton socks. <laughs> yeah, there are like uh, yeah. animators around like um, like uh, Caleb Wood um, yeah. who he's like, his stuff is so good because yeah. um, he's very, he's very iconoclastic in terms of he'll just try something and really yeah. just put manners into it. Yeah. Um, like good ra- Goodbye Rabbit Hop Hop is like such a good film and it's, it's so plastic in terms of how he's yeah. animated the rabbit. If you look at the still frame, it's like, is that even a rabbit? But just <laughs> yeah. the characterization in the movement yeah. is so perfect. It just the energy is wow. so yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and like you have it in like other places as well, like in a lot of games now, there's yes. a lot more yeah. kind of inventive uh, like characterization. Um, yeah. That like I feel like a lot of people that are say not suited to the animation industry they're yeah. more going into games because they can see that oh, well I can have an influence here because yeah, yeah. each game needs to look different yeah. almost to get yeah. a little bit of profile mm-hmm. unless it's like a triple A game in which case yeah. they're just like very <laughs> similar to chasers yeah, yeah. Um, while in animation it's very reductive for feature work anyways yeah. like they're all more or less going towards that like zero point sum yeah. of it's very similarity similar, similar style I yeah. actually I did bring it I, I made a video about Ardman animation yeah. and, and how they're it took me so long to research it because they just don't talk about the Ardman style because in their heads it doesn't exist, but it's what people love about Ardman. Yeah. So they just kind of filter it in, but always morph it. I think Nick Park is the only one that doesn't really change his yeah, overbite, yeah. you know, eyes smashed together exactly, yeah. kind of thing. Big, broad smile. I was talking about how just taking four feature films of that year, things like Coco, uh, Ferdinand, Boss Baby, um, <laughs> And that, 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 yeah, that, that famous adaptation of the restaurant on Cable Street. <laughs> oh, yeah, all <laughs> very famous. I don't know how they got the, a whole story out of that. Um, and Storks, but all the characters you could actually just put them all in the same movie mm-hmm. visually in in a design style. And I'm not saying that the design is bad, but you're right; it's a zero point. Some it's just just filtering toward that kind of yeah. And there's, it's a little bit of like there's an executive. There's money involved. Of course, yeah. They're trying to like yeah. narrow down risks. And yeah. there's a huge amount of time invested in animation. And you want to make sure people go home on a paycheck because they've given yeah. away hours of their lives, you know? Yeah. Um. So like, I completely understand. Of course, yeah. Um, and you can see it in things like Sony Animation where you've got incredible people like Gendy Tartakovsky making, yeah. you know, the Hotel Transylvanias, which are incredible work. Then you've got things like the, the Emoji Movie, which you yeah. can just see cash thrown at. And but also all those animators made Spider Man into the Spider Verse as well, yeah. so the talent is there and the desire is always there. Just give them the choice, yeah, and the direction as well, you know, yeah, because they were insulated a lot by Miller and uh, mm-hmm. a Lord, yeah. Uh, in terms of, even though they weren't the directors of the project, yeah. they really like 
give let them they were do. the midwife for it, yeah. you know. Um, and it's important to have those kind of guardians or yes. custodians of yeah. the the craft a little bit. Yeah. Like I was reading a, a bit with Windsor McKay uh, the other day, uh, who's like a nineteen yeah. tens Gertie the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, he was like a pioneer of animation, and uh, he was like he was given out about how. Uh, Animation was an art form. It was not an industry. And you were all cowards, basically. <laughs> he was cursing them. This is like in the 1930s, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. He was drunk off his mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'd had his day. At yeah, yeah. Well, he was still pretty yeah. going. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's a certain kind of attitude that like the likes of Bob Iger and um, uh, Michael Eisner. Yeah. Like Eisner was famous for saying that uh, animation is not an art. We do not, we do not like <laughs> seek to produce art, <laughs> but just sometimes when in the pursuit of making a sellable project, yeah. we will accidentally make art yeah. and history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like he was acknowledging that, yeah. yeah, sometimes it gets past me, yeah. <laughs> but it's not really what I'm aiming for. Yeah. And like Iger is of a similar mentality. Yeah. He's just a little bit smarter where he's investing his money yeah. and buying that, everything. Yeah, yeah, everything is <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Let me ask you then, Paper Panther. Yeah, that's the next <laughs> the thing. The opposite of... The uh, buyout is coming. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be sending them a check in the post any side of Iger can't refuse it. 20 euro, please. Yeah, I'll take uh, all of Pixar <laughs> yeah, and yeah. All, all your animation studios. But Paper, Paper Panther then is obviously very the opposite of that. Like you guys... Like when it comes to productions and stuff, where do you seek your funding for that? Just wherever you can. <laughs> Basically, yeah, we're um, no holds barred. Yeah. Um, we have turned down jobs in the past mm. because of just not agreeing with. That's awesome. The though, um, the background of yeah. the funding or even blood money. Yeah, yeah, like the location of the producers. You know, just based okay. on conflicts of politics. Yeah. Um, so we largely we try to work with. Um, fairly sustainable companies like um, and just be a bit more sensible in terms of how we're choosing to exercise our craft yeah um, in terms of promoting or anything yeah yeah. Uh, so yeah we've um, largely Screen Ireland the the Irish Film Board are now called Um, they've been very good at funding us yeah so they funded On Guard of Pork's film which is like a nine minute long um, cutout black and white set in the west of Ireland film about a man slowly losing his mind while living with his uh, demented father sounds like a, a great Irish uh, set in fable ni- <laughs> set in 19 like 10s it's <laughs> okay. yeah. as well oh wow yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they've been very, very good and supportive of that project, which sounds like a just like a, a wild, yeah. <laughs> a wild ride for yeah. anyone. Yeah. Um, and then um, also uh, with Carol Freeman, like yeah. the the other director, um, her project, The Bird and the Whale, mm-hmm. um, which is just stunning, genuinely yeah. is stunning. I I saw I saw it at uh, Diff this year. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I was well, <laughs> I knew it was going to be. So I was like, okay. That's how I'm going to finally see it, you know. And it was just so beautiful to look at. And of course, the question always came like, how many paintings did it take? You know, something like 7,000 or something like that. Or so many. You're rolling your eyes. Do you remember them all? It's it's more like you almost want to quantify how many planes of glass that we had to clean. (laughs) (laughs) Like again, coming from our background Mm -hmm. in different styles, like like I, I would do a lot of kind of 2D animation and more like digital pipeline yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I'll also do sculpting or I do, you know, I kind of would try my hand at anything. Uh, so generally I'm the, the problem solver. Yeah. So one thing with Carol's film is 
and kind of bring it into a little bit of why I find Breslav Poyar's work yeah. so interesting is because he's planning stuff and he's incorporating different um, different techniques of mm-hmm. animation yeah. to aid in the production. Yeah. Um, so it's, there's no there's no reason not to like make your life easier. Yeah. So we basically planned all of Carol's film uh, in two D. Yeah. Um, so that would take the load of actual animation under the camera, yeah. painting oil on glass every yeah. frame <laughs> off the back of the painters. Yeah. Because um, that was something we were conscious of, that trying to get people who were able to paint and also able to animate live under the yeah. camera yeah. is a tricky thing. Yeah. Um, and we're very fortunate to have Kieran Owen, uh, Svetlana Subchenko, um, Katie Sherlock and yeah. the uh, Caitlin uh, Rook, who was like a fine art painter. Yeah. So she's not an animator. Yeah. But she like did so much great stuff with wow. it. Um, yeah. And like the overall, the team are like amazing. Um, it, it's not something like you'd think about, but it's really suited for an ocean storm. Yeah. <laughs> Oil painting <laughs> on glass. It's just whatever way the colors blend, you know. It's a viscosity to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it's just so beautiful. In, like you see sense. it a lot in Petrov's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Alexander Petrov, yeah, uh, with like the old man in the sea, yeah. and even like his his later ones, like My Love, where okay. yeah. he uses it a little bit for transformation, yeah. But the one thing that always like always griped me about his stuff was that it was like not particularly fluid. <laughs> if you know what I mean because yeah. it's a ridiculous way to make a film anyways yeah. why would you make your life harder <laughs> yeah. so lo and behold enter Paper Panther yeah. make your life as hard as possible yeah with uh, every iteration of yeah. the next movie you're going to make while the building's on fire around you oh yeah yeah. yeah. there's always a chapter yeah. in every company every artist book yeah. called The Fire we're just waiting for it to happen yeah let me ask you one question how often then I know you've referenced Bredeslav Poyer there in regards to how you think about creating animation um, how often do you bring that into your own work consistently um, well I am very lazy so <laughs> it doesn't I'm going to say this now it doesn't look that way at all you're just constantly on someone's project you know <laughs> well, I mean, drawing or... I mean in terms of I will do as much work as possible yeah for or in pursuit of doing less work <laughs> Okay. So that's a smart way of working. Well, it just means you're doing a lot of work and then yeah. you're like, oh, I guess I end up doing more work than <laughs> if I just did it the long way around. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. um, but I mean, in terms of um, working smartly, not yeah. not hard. Yeah. If you know what I mean, working yeah. smart, not hard, like trying to come up with a solution that's maybe less literal. Yeah. But still as impactful. Um, so like even even like, say, with Porex Project, figure out ways that we can work with smaller scale or yeah. wider shots. It's yeah. like. We'll just build really tiny, tiny puppets. Yeah. And because they're really awkward to animate, coincidentally in those shots, they don't need to animate very much. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's more about the scenario, yes. the scenario and yeah. like the landscape. Um, and even with, say, the, the current project I'm doing, which is like a 15 second ad- ad- ident for Adult Swim. Yeah. Uh, wow. For yeah. Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, so Porik is doing one as well. And wow. Yeah. He, he's... <laughs> Porik is he, we also we, we've produced uh, some animations for the Cartoon Saloon before as yeah, well yeah, and TG yeah. Carr so Porik did one with Cartoon Saloon and it was um, it's based on Raftery which is a, it was a, like a travelling bard mm-hmm. yeah. based in her own Mayo that would travel around the country uh, I think he was blind syphilitic uh, <laughs> yeah he was a character by all yeah. means so, yeah. but Porik he, he approached a really geometric style kind of bringing it back to yeah. what he did in Rooster only yeah. now doing it under the camera so there's lots of yeah. transformations lots of morphing so in a similar way for his Rick and Morty what he's doing like an 8-bit wow. like yeah. short but 8-bits yeah. 
in cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, wow. Because I know uh, Paul Robertson did an 8-bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really incredible stuff. Really yeah. dense as well. Yeah, yeah. really dense is the word. Yeah. But he's quite, he's quite clever at doing loops, though. Yes, yeah. So he'll yeah. use his time and he'll yeah. have like, because you need to watch it a few times before you even see what's going on. Yeah. So. Um, but so from my Rick and Marty one, I'm making like a, a kaiju battle in the city. Oh, is that what your puppets are for? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's like Rickatron 3000 yeah. fighting like Kamatoro. Wow, yeah. It's like yeah. a tiger turtle. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm just trying to be as simple as possible, knowing that I can't do like full-scale puppets so I'm working like at about half scale yeah. so they're about like nine inches tall or so okay yeah a little bit less actually like 18 centimeters yeah. so about yeah about seven inches tall hmm. and that means the whole world can be a little bit smaller yeah so I don't have to build a huge city yeah but still I'm building a huge city <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I had Kira Nolan and uh, yeah. Jason uh, Watts working on, on that with yeah. me and again they did really lovely work and I'm like I just wish I just wish I could pay them more <laughs> yeah, you know but sometimes people just do it for the love of it, you know. Yeah. Well, or, they still get paid. Yeah, so, you know, as <laughs> long as they that. still get paid. You know? Yeah, well, that is true. Yeah. yeah, listen, Evan, I really appreciate it. You're so gracious with your time, no problem. Yeah, your energy and your your knowledge of the craft. Obviously, with all your workshops and everything as well. If anyone wants to check out Evan's work, I'd probably say your Vimeo account is a good one. Yeah, um, you can even you can still see like we're still doing workshops. Parik is uploading as we speak probably wow. like eight or nine workshop videos wow yeah um, you guys just don't stop <laughs> we, and we started doing a collaboration with uh, Women's Prison as well wow um, yeah. which is a really interesting way of getting them involved in storytelling and, yeah um, and they're, they're loving the classes like uh, yeah. Kira Nolan that works with us is, is hosting the workshops okay um, amazing so it's, it's just really nice to see like how mm. different voices can be brought to the screen yeah. and the workshops allow us to see that and make yeah. it happen so it's a really good playground for you guys to figure stuff out <laughs> Well, we, we kind of know more or less the limits of what can be done in a workshop now, <laughs> yeah. but definitely there's always people that surprise you. <laughs> like we've had, we've had, um, so Katie Sherlock that works with us now, um, yeah. she did our first workshop with us, like the first film school workshop yeah. that we did in Tinnahili like eight years ago when we she was 15, yeah. 16. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then she arrived in, into college. I teach in the college in Dunleary as well. Yeah. So I arrived into college and first she was like, I remember you. <laughs> and she was like, I don't remember yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mortified. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, she started working with us then over the last two, two and a half years. Yeah. So you never know who Listen, you're going to end up yeah, working who, with. Who, who's going to crack in and, and say hello next time. And who might be your boss one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's also a big lesson, but for another day, yeah. <laughs> you know, who might be it, your it boss. It goes both ways. She yeah. could be our boss someday. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. But anyways, listen, I really love talking about Podge Depanic. If you guys want to check out Bratislav Poyar's work, it's very easy to find online, mainly in Czech. Yeah. Um, but the best thing is a lot of his stuff um, you can just pick it up anyways the yeah. characterization is so vivid and clear you actually don't even need subtitles I think that would distract you probably yeah it's almost a bit redundant yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but Evan thank you so much no for uh, kicking us in today alright alright